0: at loveisrael.org that's one word loveisrael.org now here's Baruch with today's lesson
1: only God can make a righteous and good change in your life in other words a kingdom change where you no longer are bound to this world and the power and the darkness of this world but that you can be free liberated and belong to the kingdom of God with that eternal hope. So with that said, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Isaiah and chapter 57. The book of Isaiah, chapter 57. Now, God wants to make that type of change in your life. The question is this, whether you are going to submit to the spiritual law that God has established for that good righteous holy perfect kingdom change to be experienced by you and God as I said wants that for every individual now he's going to be mentioned making mention of those who are close and those who are far away who's he referring to well it's interesting because the Apostle Paul uses that same terminology and he identifies it as jew and gentile now it's not because god loves one person more than another the bible is very clear it's emphatic god is not a respecter of people meaning he has no favorites he treats everyone the same way according to his plans and his purpose and we know something god has chosen israel to be an instrument a blessing for the nations and in order for that selection to bring about God's desired results what has he done he has supplied he has provided and what has he provided first and foremost his word so when it says those who are close close to him close to his purposes his plans his understanding it's because He has given them israel his revelation and what an advantage the apostle paul also says in that same book of romans what advantage is there being a jew and he says in every way and the first thing that he mentions is the word of god so the word of god god's revelation is a great blessing through that word We can be positioned closer to God. When someone is unaware of God's revelation, does not know his word, that fact is going to put them far away, remote from the things of God. What a blessing. What an advantage is knowing scriptural truth. Well, in Isaiah 57, we began this chapter last week, and we looked at the first 13 verses and we see something that god made a distinction between whom he calls on she chesed that is men and it's an inclusive term men and women of grace and those who are wicked those who are evil and what classifies them as being evil one thing they do not have a covenantal relationship with god instead of walking within the boundaries of that covenant they the wicked have gone beyond they have moved outside what god has said is your limitations you ought not cross this they have moved out of that meaning they have left his will and they have embarked in great sin what sin specifically well, we saw in this first part of Isaiah 57 that the people and here we're speaking about Israel has joined the nations in an idolatrous lifestyle. How tragic. We've mentioned that when we are ruled over by our desires and have rejected the desire of God, meaning his will, we are going to find ourselves under the influence of the enemy We are going to be doing those things we ought not, and instead of reaping the good things of God, his blessings, his righteous changes that he wants to make in our life, instead of reaping those, we are going to encounter his anger, his wrath, his judgment. But there's good news. Our God, and this is going to be emphasized in this section, our God is a healing God so let's begin look with me to that first verse we're going to begin with verse 14 isaiah chapter 57 beginning with verse 14. we read and and he will say and then the next term means to build up he says it twice it's a form of a command build up build up and this can mean to establish something and to establish that which has a good outcome, that which has a proper, a godly purpose behind it. And the emphasis here is on a derech. Derch is the word, Hebrew word, for way or road. And what this passage is speaking about is that God wants to bring a transition to people. We could say that another way, the way that we began our study, and that is that God wants to bring a change so he says here build up build up and then a phrase which means to to turn or to clear a way turn things away move them out clear a pathway but the word here is the word way so clear a way a road and he says lift up these these stumbling block those obstacles but it's in the singular lift up the obstacle from the way of my people and most scholars see that this this obstacle what needs to be removed is that idolatrous spirit that desire that says at all costs i want what i want i'm going to pursue my plan for my life and when someone is committed to their way rather than the way that god is preparing they're going to arrive at a destination of destruction and that's why we need change we need that righteous change that kingdom change and only god can provide that next verse verse 15. for thus said it's in the past tense and regardless of how your bible translates it for thus said and we have the term exalted and it means the exalted one and the one that is lifted up the one who dwells and the key word here is odd which means eternity god is the eternal god so the one who dwells and we would have to say in eternity holy is his name and then he says again exalted and holy I will dwell meaning in holiness and that which is exalted this is where god is located now is god all places yes he is but in a unique way he is revealed he is manifested in those things that are related to that which is exalted that which is holy that which is good and then he tells us and with And the word is one who is contrite. It's a word that relates to humility, usually because of failure, usually because this one has encountered difficulty and this one has become broken. So it's one who is contrite. They have a heart change, a contrite heart. One who is lowly in spirit. And this word for lowly, in spirit means one who has been brought low the concept here is one who has been humiliated meaning this they have set their life on a course on an objective and they because of that have found themselves humiliated and because of that it's brought a change in their thinking the change in the attitude concerning themselves they are contrite now they are a broken person and because of that notice what God says he is going to dwell in these high places exalted places but also with those who are contrite and lowly in spirit and what is he going to do he says to make alive the spirit of the lowly ones and to make a life make alive the heart of the contrite ones so God is saying that he is available that he will dwell with that this one who is holy this one who is exalted this one who dwells in those types of locations but nevertheless with those who are lowly in spirit those who have a contrite heart those who are humble and again usually this humility comes from failure realizing their own inadequacy realizing that they are unable to achieve what is proper what is right what is satisfying and because of that they are in what god is saying in a position whereby god will lift up that god will raise up that god will exalt that god will be with that person so he emphasizes what he wants to do and to whom he's willing to do it verse 16 now he's been angry with his people we saw that last week but god is willing to forgive and therefore he says look carefully at verse 16 for not forever i will contend now this word for contending means to to be in conflict And god says i'm not going to be in conflict with you forever now there's a couple different ways to understand that and it's going to be the context that tells us what god means by that verse 16 for not forever i will contend and not forever a different word but the same concept forever eternity not for eternity I will be angry. Why? God is going to make a difference in how he behaves, behaves with the people. Why? Because if God would contend forever, if God would be angry forever, what would be the outcome in that situation? He's going to tell us. He says, for the spirit and this word can mean simply the spirit of man, that individual, that one from before me would, would faint. He would not be able to continue. If God continues in this anger, Anger, this individual can't. And the souls that, that I have made. So God, he's saying two things. He's saying, I recognize that these individuals, I have made them. And I realize that if I continue them in my anger, contending with them, if that's the case, they will faint. That is, they will give away. They will not be able to continue. And God's motivation, God's character, he loves them. He desires to help them, to bless them, and to bring a righteous change into their life. God's willing to do this. He is promising and revealing that this is his nature. This is what he desires to do. And therefore, he says, verse 17, he's going to to call the people to be reminded of why he was contending and why he was angry. Verse 17, in the iniquity of his prophet now this word for profit is related to covetousness now it's an entirely different word but it has the same significance and meaning it speaks about one who in his desire for profit that desire that covetousness to achieve to have abundance the abundance of the things of this world that desire that objective is going to produce iniquity god knows that he's sharing that with the people so he says verse 17 in the iniquity of of his prophet that desire for profit i was angry and not only was god angry it says and i struck him and then we have the word hastare, means to to be hidden god hid himself from the people and what that usually means the the full understanding of this is for god to hide his face meaning the face of god is related to blessing so god's going to conceal himself his blessing his presence his help his assistance he did that because he was angry with the people he struck them And he says, I was angry. And what did they do? It says, and he went, meaning this this individual. It's singular, but it speaks about the people of Israel. And he went, and he went rebelliously. Now, this is a word that's related to the concept of, of backsliding, going in the contrary direction of the will of God and it says he went in the backslidden state of the way of his heart so his heart in previously his heart was was not contrite it was rebellious he had a heart that produced a backsliding nature those things that are against everything that god stands for everything that's related to his will but what did god do verse 18 his ways i have seen who's speaking god god took notice of of this one's ways how they were behaving and he says and i have healed him now many scholars believe that when he says i have healed him he's talking about having done the work of redemption now who's writing this Isaiah and you say well wait a second Messiah didn't come to do that work of Redemption until almost 800 years later that's true but this one who did that work of Redemption he is the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world meaning God who is not bound or limited by time. God transcends time for him. That worked because it's part of his will. He knows what's going to happen. Therefore, he is willing to to bless the people, to heal them, if they will repent, if they will respond to him. So look again, verse 18. God says, his ways I have seen, and I have healed him, and I have led him and i will pay what will we pay it's a word for comfort but it's in the plural and we're speaking about god pain that is is rendering recompensing, providing what's he going to provide abundant comfort so we see that god heals he puts an individual by the work of his son in a state where they can be healed and that healing brings about god moving to give that one abundant comfort that's what god wants to do that's the change that he wants to make in in people's lives now hopefully most of you are listening you've experienced that you are are a person of faith trusting in god's work of redemption through his son the messiah yeshua and therefore you have access to this now there are times that we backslide ourselves that we move away from the instructions of god and we find ourselves in that lowly spirit we find ourselves broken hurt spiritually and in many other ways as well god is available That the big takeaway from this passage is that God is available to, to do his work of healing and to pay out, to render, to recompense unto us this abundant comfort. It says, I will recompense, I will pay out comfort, abundant comfort to him and to his mourners, meaning this. Again, most see this as individuals Who are grieved for this one's disobedience now we all know individuals that that perhaps they have uh, godly parents but that that next generation their children is not are not living according to the faith and we know that this grieves those parents and therefore the parents are are praying to god that there might be a change and what God is saying is he's going to heal that one he's going to comfort that one with abundant comfort and it is going to be a source of joy for not only this one who is ministered to but to those who have been grieved about this one's spiritual condition his his family his friends those who who care about him and then we read in verse 19 here again We have to pay attention to grammar. Many times translations take liberties in how they render a text, and they do it not according to the grammar, the laws of grammar. Now, what this says literally is bore neve sifataim shalom, which means neve sifataim. Neve is a a fruit, but when it's the fruit of one's lips it's speaking about an utterance something that is said and the the word here that is used is something that produces fruit something that is positive something that is pleasing to God something that is in accordance with his will so what he writes is this the fruit of lips the utterance that God finds approving that he approves that that he finds correct that creates peace peace both to who well we mentioned this earlier in our introduction peace to the ones who are far away and peace to the ones who are close close said the lord and then he says i will heal him so god proclaims peace there is that good utterance and when one utters the right thing what is that right thing the gospel when one comes before god contritely humbly with that broken heart in despair with that lowly spirit and says oh god help me i have sinned i have followed falsehood rather than your truth i repent of that i confess that and i look to you my healer the only healer the only one that can bring this this righteous change this kingdom change this change that gives eternal hope only god can do that and when one utters that that utterance does what it produces peace it produces unity with god that relationship that was broken is now healed and that's why he says at the end of verse 19 and i will heal him verse 20. but the wicked ones who are the wicked ones those who persist in their idolatry let me say it another way those who persist in doing it their way making the decisions for themselves this is how i'm going to live this is what i'm going to pursue this is my dream this is what i believe my destiny is all of that is from the pit of hell we need to realize the very best what we should seek is god's will what should be our desires is god's desire what should be our will is his will and until we come with that right condition of our heart one that is contrite a lowly heart a broken heart a heart that says i'm ready to trust in you I'm ready to submit to you. I'm ready for you to work in my life. I want that abundant comfort. I need you, God, to heal me spiritually so I can function according to your purposes in this world. Now, that's what those who are She Chesed, the people of God's grace, that's how they talk. This is what's going to bring that, that righteous change into them. But we see in verse twenty, it says, "the the wicked ones are as the sea that is troubled," and that word means agitated. And then it says, "for it is not able; the sea is not able to be made quiet." And it's it's giving a a symbol, a paradigm, in the same way that one cannot calm and bring peace and tranquility to a raging sea. Man can't do that. God can. But the wicked won't receive it. Those who persist in their way, going after what they want, doing it on their terms, those individuals are, are wicked and they are like a sea that is troubled, that is agitated, and it cannot be quieted. It will not know that, that peace, and it says, from its waters, it will bring up, it is going to, to cause, it is going to be troubled, troubled waters, and is going to manifest, notice what it says here, mire and and dirt, those things that are not uh, uh, pleasing, those things that are not useful, those things that are not profitable. Now, here's the, the problem. When one is deceived by the enemy, they're going to be seeking profit, but they're not going to receive it. They're going to follow after the deceit, the lies of the enemy, and they're going to get paid their recompense. What they're going to receive is that, that mire, that dirt, that which is of no value. Satan does not pay well. There are no true dividends from him. Because everything that he might give, it is going to wear out. It is a counterfeit. It is not going to satisfy. It is, if it does anything for a moment, any pleasure that might bring, that pleasure is going to evaporate quickly, leave you empty and desiring much more. It's going to make you an addict to these counterfeit things because they don't satisfy. They're not real. They do not uh, do what, what you have been promised because that promise is coming from a liar, the father of lies. So there's no peace, there's no tranquility, and you're going to get that mire, that dirt in exchange. Verse 21, and we'll conclude. He says here, for such, there is no peace, said, my God. For the wicked ones. Now I would mark that down. This is an authoritative statement from God, and He says, "And shalom amar Elohi la rishaim," which simply means there is no peace. There is not now. They will not be. And there has not been. There is no peace. And God's saying this in the terminology of a promise, said my God for who the wicked ones and what are the wicked ones those who are rejecting the will of God so learn that principle when you reject God's will you are going to be seen by him as wicked and therefore you're going to receive the consequences and if there's no change the eternal consequences of choosing wickedness now here's what it comes down to you can either have the eternal blessings of god or you can reject that you're free to do so and you can go your way following the imaginations of your heart a heart that's been deceived by the enemy and that you're going to have to show for all of that is going to be dirt mire it is not going to bring you peace it's not going to bring you any contentment and there never will god's promising that so why rebel against god what's it going to take for your heart and my heart to be contrite for it to be broken that we become full of despair because of the direction that sin takes us god is promising here He is standing ready, ready to heal, ready to pour into your life abundant comfort. But you have to say, God, I have chosen unwisely. I have chosen wickedly. I have rejected your revelation, the truth from heaven, and I want a change. I want a righteous change, a good change, a God-pleasing change in my life. When you sincerely say that to God, God will quickly respond and bring great change into your life. And that change will be for eternity. Shalom from Israel.
0: Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of LoveIsrael.org. Again, to find out more about us.